one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello and welcome to the Red Ben TV podcast. It is here. It's been a while, hasn't it? It's been ages since we've yeah. done one of these, mates. I'm joined by Ross Chanley, of course, by Errol and by Sam Walker from home. Uh, gents, thank you very much for joining me. We have got a kickoff question. In fact, We've got two kickoff questions to get us started. A good friend of the show, Harshal, has asked, what's something you picked up during the pandemic that you can't be arsed with doing once we get back to normal, Ross Shanley? Uh, people. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. People. I'd see what I did start, I think you did this as well, was, was Twitch. Yeah. I, was all, I was all about that, but then I had to keep moving my PlayStation from downstairs to upstairs and just couldn't be arsed anymore. I did okay. enjoy well, it. You've though. stopped it already, haven't you? I, yeah, I haven't started anything else. Nothing. <laughs> no. 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 Nothing's changed. Let's, for me. let's dig a little bit deeper on the changed. people thing, though, Ross. Yeah. Because, like, honestly, it doesn't matter when this fucking 21st of June is. It'll be the same for me. I'm fine. I've been fine. <laughs> I will be fine. <laughs> Sam, what, what, what do you make of that, first of all? And what, what was your answer to be? I thought we were all mates, Ross. Do you know what I mean? He talks a good game, doesn't he? <laughs> I think he's get paid to do this. <laughs> um, for me, it, the obvious one is the masks. We were just talking about it. Um, but to try and do something a, a little bit more left field, it's, 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 the, it's people moaning. And it's the same people moaning about one thing. I'm not going to go into it. But then they'll moan about the opposite thing. A piece of news comes out, oh, we're all going to be free on the 21st of June. The 21st of June? Are you joking? That's too soon. And then a month in, the 21st of June's too far away. It's like, this has just created like this like vortex of people who just, nothing we can ever do or have in our vision, they can be happy. Like, we need a vaccine. I'm not taking a vaccine. It's like, <laughs> we, we've just created this like bizarre sea of people who just don't know what they want. And they're just moaning all over social media. So, yeah, I can't wait till we're out of it. And those people can only moan about things that I don't care about anymore. And then Okay, that's a, that's a really good one, actually, What would you do, mate? Well, I was torn between two and one that I'm just not never really going to be able to give up. I just think lockdown heightened how much I was doing it at the time, which led me to the situation I'm in now, evidently having a kid. Um, but... So... <laughs> <laughs> So are you so, giving up sex? Is that what you're well, doing here, Errol? I, I was, it was close, and then I realised how stupid the statements I was going to make on, online. <laughs> the sex can stay for a couple more years. I haven't passed it yet. Um, but no, do you know what? I started doing them in, like, 30-day challenges. Um, my mate, he's a PT. He had me eating, like, four eggs for breakfast every day and shit. And do you know what? For, like, I did it for about 45 days consecutively straight. And then after that, I was like, fuck that off. I was like, I'll wait till the gyms get open. And I haven't even been back to a gym yet. But I have been playing footy. So fitness is still there. Just gym and wear home workouts can get binned off. And I'm fucking sick to the death of them. Mine's, <laughs> mine's like, Zoom. Like, if I don't ever do another video chat in my life... That will be far too soon because I just find it like no offense, but I just find it dead difficult. Like it's just 
it's just not the same as being in the room with someone and bouncing off someone and having a laugh with them, is it? It's just it's just a weird thing that just needs to get in the bin, if you'd ask me. So I, I hate that. Uh, thank you for the question, Harshal. Uh, got one from Jersey Paul 90 on Twitter as well. I'm going to go to you first on this one, Errol. You have to fight Mike Tyson in his prime or get kicked in the balls every day for a year. What are you doing? All right. So if any of you seen the Logan and Floyd Mayweather fight the other day, they made money off the back of that now we're all on youtube surely our, our price has got to have risen our stock's got to be a little <laughs> bit higher to be fighting mike tyson so i'm, I'm kind of going with that logic and in my mind i'm like you know what eight rounds with mike tyson how's that cardio doing after the last couple of weeks of footy i reckon i'd last about three or four just dodging him and then he lands on haymaker <laughs> <laughs> and then that's it it's curtains but right. when away when away from that coma in about it's in his prime, time, by the way, mate. Oh, I'm aware of that, but I'm still in mind to an extent. So you know, I'll dodge, duck and dive, duck and dive, <laughs> rope a dope, and then at the end of it all, <laughs> when when I wake up out of that coma in three weeks, I check my online banking, see like fifty million there from the pay per view <laughs> tickets, and I'm like, it was all worth it. So it's better than getting kicked in the balls every day. But then again, the deed's been done now, so I kind of don't need them anymore either. Sam, what are you doing, mate? Are you taking on Iron Mike Tyson? Well, I am, but Floyd over there, you know. I'm going to start calling you Floyd now, Errol. You are no longer Errol, you're Floyd. Or, or, or Oscar. Jesus Christ, three or four rounds in this prime. Like, what, what, whatever you're having for them breakfast, I want them as well. <laughs> I'm taking the fight, but as soon as Mike Tyson walks towards me and throws half a jab, I'm in the deck and cutting myself out. <laughs> There's nothing in the rules that says I've got to go the full 12 or 8 or whatever. <laughs> the, smart, the smart money's on Sam Walker's plan here, isn't it? He's absolutely nailed it. That's all well and good, but what use is that money if he's eating through a fucking straw? Like, <laughs> it's, it's fucking pointless. I like you might I, be able to afford Huel, is it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mmm, strawberry flavour. Um, I kept me in the balls. I've got no use for them anymore anyway. So fucking done, deal done. Rather than being punched in this beautiful fucking face. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know what. I like, I'm taking Sam's answer all day, but yeah. just to pick a different one, like. I would like to try and think that I could run away from Mike Tyson for three minutes over and over and over again. But I also know that after these last few lockdowns and the last few years of being a dad, I am not in, let's say, fighting shape. And <laughs> I would probably make myself a sitting duck at the end of the first round. And I would literally just be running away from him. Not, not even like on toes. I'd be running in a circle full as fast as I can, but I'd completely die. And then he'd knock me out and I'd die. And I don't like dying, I don't think. So I'm going to go with the Well, think of all the money that you'd leave to Cat and the kids. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I'd be dead. I don't like, <laughs> what would that matter? Well, not to you, but you know, quits in for them. I'm gonna die anyway. Yeah, but, but, I don't but, now, but now, now you die and they get money. No, I'm not having it. Okay. Yeah, but I'm you can't have it. They, they a blaze of glory, Jack. A blaze of glory just going out in the ring with my Tyson. Mate. It's hardly a blaze of glory trying to run away from someone and them still killing you. <laughs> Is it? Let's be honest. I reckon you'd try and hit him, Chris. You'd go. I'm the pink whisperer, man. He's the snuffer. And then you'd like unleash the Super Saiyan Tyson we've never seen before. Who's this kid hitting me? Bro? And then he'd just ruin you. If you said to him, you're the pink whisperer, I think you'd have a chance of hitting him because he'd be pissing himself laughing at you. I was in the ring with Leon McKenzie a few years, a few years ago and his dad saying, doesn't Leon, after playing for Norwich and Coventry and everything, became a professional boxer, didn't he? Like, so I did, I did three minutes in the ring with him and I survived. And I, I actually... He took it easy on me, but I lasted the three minutes, whereas there was another lad who was with us who got KO'd with a kidney punch. And like, <laughs> I've never, ever, like, because I've never been to a boxing match or anything. You've, you, you've been, Sam, you, you'll know this stuff. Like, the noise that a proper punch in, the, in there makes. And he went... <gasps> And then you could just hear the air going out of him. And then he was just on the floor for about 10 minutes in the middle of the ring. I think we had to drag him out under the bottom rope in the end. Like, so I, there's no way. Uh, there's think, no way I'm trying to get in the ring with my Tyson. Do you think all four of us in the ring would have would last any would that last any longer? Do you reckon we'd do any better no. if there was four of us? 
Chris. No, you just you'd force him to go nasty and start biting and shit, yeah. wouldn't you? You don't want to you don't want a nasty mitation. Anyway, um, that is that was a great question, Paul. Thank you so much for that one. We're gonna get into the Liverpool stuff now, but before we do, Ross, I've got a little present for you, and I've not told you, and I'm so I'm so happy that you're wearing that chair because it makes it absolutely brilliant. So today's show is sponsored by Six Sock, right? And I am not even messing. You're absolutely gonna love these. So get them open, have these. a little look at them. You can keep them, mate. Yeah. They're for you. I've got my oh, own over here. The better ones. Oh, well, <laughs> thanks very much. Oh, fucking hell. This is the first time I've worn this ever. I've fucking had it for about six weeks. And we're fucking... And we're matching. That's amazing. The, oh, right, so these, this six sock, there's a link in the description, right? These are the Jürgen Norbert Klopp socks. So if you ever just need a little Jürgen in your life, these basically. Are, uh... They're, they're top quality. They're well, proper knitted cotton. And they stuff are sick, well. aren't they? They are. They, they are, are. mate. They're, they're absolutely brilliant. So Wilds I've got three pairs, a black, a yellow and a red. Um, you've got three. Uh, you've got the 89 home and away kit and the away. What's that one? What uh, home 89, away 89, away 82. That's a lot. Eighty-two are my favourite. Yeah, these are just class. Like so, they're properly like properly cotton socks and all that type of stuff. But the best thing about them, and this is why we we sort of wanted to partner up with Six Sock and stuff, is for every pair that they actually sell, they donate a pair uh, to homeless charities and stuff as well, cool. which is boss, isn't yeah. it? Like so, um, yeah. Link in the description. They're absolutely superb. They really are. They're all premium quality socks made in Europe and all that type of stuff as well. One pair bought, one pair donated, which is absolutely brilliant. And you can you can actually like customize your boxes. So if you wanted a Jurgen Norbert with a Liverpool away eighty two and all that type of stuff, you can do that. Highly recommended. I will be wearing them the next time I wear trousers because I look a little bit insane in shorts and these. Um, <laughs> I don't know, you know. Good little idea for Father's Day as well. Father's Day. I might. It's coming up. When is it? Uh, Sunday. 20th of June. Yeah, week on yeah. Sunday. Get them ordered now. Get them for your dad. I might give these to me, dad. Thanks. That's a great shout back. You know? That's a gift for you. <laughs> but I know. And I thank you. <laughs> you cheapskate bastard. You're going to give your dad something that he w- he may know that you got for free. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Father's Day, dad. Got <laughs> 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 you these from the TikTok. Yeah. yeah. These are going to my dad as well. Oh, <laughs> Can we tape these off? What? No, I'm wearing them. Oh, I'm yeah. having them. They're boss. Yeah, I'll call them. them. Massive thank you to Six yeah, Sock as well for sending us these. Um, oh, so you didn't yeah. get me these? What? You didn't get me them. Shut up, Ross. You can just give them to somebody else for free, you know what I mean? <laughs> they are absolutely yeah. brilliant. Get the Jürgen Norberkopp ones, because who doesn't want a Jürgen Norberkopp on their ankles? It might be the best your ankles have ever looked. Do it. Do it now. Link in the description. Right, the football. The football. The football. Um, the Euro starts this week. That's Yay. that. Um, <laughs> no, kidding, kidding, of course. Like, is anyone actually looking forward to the Euros? Errol, are you? Not really. I mean, yeah, because it's a little bit of fussy to watch, you know what I mean? And you like your weekends and stuff like that, and you might get a few in the afternoons. But as long as all of our players don't come back with injuries, I'm happy. Do you know what I mean? I don't really care who wins. I'm not overly invested. Jamaica aren't in it. <laughs> is, anyone, is anyone rooting for anyone that's not England? Yeah. Who? Scotland. Robbo. Nah. Yeah. I'm half Scottish, so and I've not been in the tournament for 23 years since what it would be France '98. So I've not had a lot of time to fucking celebrate Scotland being in tournaments, and it gets watched some footy without fucking working. So I'm quite looking forward to that. I, don't, I, I hate international football, but I like the tournaments. I can get behind tournaments. I think they're exciting. Are you off next week? Mm, one after, I think. Yeah, yeah. Scotland the playing while you're in work. I'm just saying, like. Two o'clock in the afternoon, I think. On yeah, Tuesday. but I can, I can have that on. No, you can't. I have to tweet, have to fucking tweet about it. He's back, you can watch it. I just watch it on the slide. <laughs> Scotland's a good shout, though. You watched the friendly the other day. You thought they were yeah, good. honestly, I've not watched international friendlies for, for years and years, and I haven't watched Scotland because I thought it's been fucking pointless. But I was actually really impressed, and I think the form has been pretty good as well. So they've got a good, good squad. Um, obviously, Andy Rowe is the captain. Steve Clark's doing a good job. I don't think there's any expectation on them, which I think you know is you know it's a bit of a cliche, but it's good for some some teams. Um, but you know they're in a group with with England, which I think will be interesting. So that game's absolutely massive, isn't it? I mean, Sam, you'll remember 1996 and and playing them in, in that, and obviously in England as well. I mean, that was massive, like. Mm, I think as well. Back then, they had a, a team that we expected a bit more from as well, didn't we? So I think. I think this time the good thing in Scotland's favour is that there's no pressure on them. Is that they're just like almost happy to be there. I mean, they, the players won't feel like that, but I think the fans, the country behind them, are just like made up to be in the tournament. So I think from a Scotland perspective, 
there's no pressure on them. It's just like, let's go and play and see what happens in this tournament, and especially against England. I think for England, they're under a bit of pressure. I think they're going to. I think they're going to be up against it in these group in these group stages. Three teams that could all turn up on the day and cause them problems. So yeah, I I I, I would like one of our players to do well. Like you know, like remember when like Lucas might have been Lucas or Mascarano, one of them won the Olympics. Like who cares? But it's nice, isn't it, if one of the lads come back to the squad and you know have that boost of confidence. So if Jota wins it with Portugal, great. If Henderson. Be quite funny, actually, wouldn't it? If Harry Kane gets injured and Henderson ends up lifting the Euros, it pissed so many people off that like. There's no way Kane let him. <laughs> no full kit. Yeah, he'd have to. He'd have to like be in isolation, wouldn't he? Something him to not to. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of uh, where I am at with it. What What do you reckon if the, like 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 we got seven players? Is there anything there there now? Thiago, Hendo, Shakiri. Wilson and Nico Williams as well for Wales. Robbo and Jota, I think, is the final person, isn't it? Is it apart from like I think everybody probably thinks Portugal could do well if they get out the group because obviously they won it last time around. Do you reckon which one of those Liverpool players, Sam? Do you reckon's got the best chance? I actually think Henderson. I actually think England have got a great chance. I think they're a good young team. They've got a nice blend of experience with the likes of Henderson. No, you'd say Kane's quite an experienced player, and Maguire being in the squad's an experienced player now. And the young players who just don't care, you know, how good's Jack Grealish? You know, Foden's a quality player, Mount. They're all flying. There's no reason why England can't go out there. Well, there is that. His name's Gareth Southgate, but you know, if the players sort of take it on themselves, I think you know, I, I'm not going to support England, but I, but I'll sort of you know, I will in a way. Like I, I would like them to do well to an extent, you know. It, it, but I'm not a big. If they get beat, I'm not asked one bit. But um. I think, yeah, I think England followed by Jota of Portugal. I think Spain haven't got enough anymore. Wow, that's interesting. Errol, what, what, what do you make of England then and their chances? England chances, do you know what? I'm a bit like Sam, to be honest with you. I think there's a there's a blend of a few good young players. One thing that worries me more than anything else is that midfield, though. It doesn't see, apart from Jordan Henderson, and he's probably, let's be honest, he's probably not at his peak of his powers at the minute. There's not that much experience in there. And I think that's a big thing in terms of where matches are won and lost, especially internationals controlling the midfield battle and, and and dictating the play of games. Because let's face it, we should when we come up against all these minnows in, in in qualifiers or in friendlies, we just have it all our own way. Do you know what I mean? And, and we can kind of play the game we'd like to play. Whereas for England, when you're playing in, in competitions at international level. It's about how we control not having that ball and being compact and making sure that when we do get the chance to turn the ball around, it's getting it to those front lads that are dangerous, that can do some damage and being clinical in that respect. And I think that starts from your midfield. Do you know what I mean? I think defensively, there's there's quite a few good defenders in there. But midfield-wise, I think we're probably lacking in that experience. And that's probably the only area that I'd say is, is probably our weakness at the moment in that England squad, which is a bit It's a, bit a of common a issue, that, as well, isn't it? Because I think, what, did he beat Panama, like... 5-0 or 7-0, and then, like, the me's like, <clears throat> excuse me, they're going to fucking win it. And then in that tournament, they played Belgium and Croatia, and they fucking lost those games. So, like, Errol's right, you know, it's all well and good beating the arse end of Europe in qualifiers and everyone getting up to the hype. As soon as you come against anyone difficult, which they're both very good sides, by the way, still, and probably favourites in, in Belgium, I'd say, to go and do a, win a tournament. They, they need that experience. So I think, you know, they've got, you know, Mason Mount's just won a fucking European Cup, you know, so he's, like, I think he's, the enthusiasm and, and, and the confidence, yeah, it's all it's all going to be there. I think they've got a good squad. They've got the recipe to win it, but also they've got the recipe for it to be a fucking disaster, like it is every tournament. Yeah, for me, I, I the experience, like like Errol and what Sam was saying, that's the issue for me. I mean, obviously Croatia, Harry Maguire is going to be out, isn't he? So, but he'll be around the rest of the tournaments and whatever. If you can get Harry Maguire back in, and then you can have Henderson playing in front of him, and then you've got Kane, you've got a spine. And I think to win an international tournament or any tournament or league, you need a great spine. And that's, I wouldn't, it's a good spine. Like Harry Maguire, we laugh and all that type of stuff. He's a, he's a, he's a good centre back. He's not a great centre back, but he's a good mm. centre back. He's good enough for England and what they need. Um, I think personally, and this is probably where a lot of people would disagree with me, I'd probably go Kyle Walker at right back if we play a back four. Yeah. And I'd probably go Reese James at right wing back with Kyle Walker as one of the centre halves if we play a back three. Because I do feel like Kyle Walker gives us that experience. 31 years old, won everything by the European Cup. Um, <laughs> <laughs> couldn't resist that one. You know what I mean? But that experience is what's needed because you need the young lads 
especially the skill positions. I'd have Sancho on that right wing and I'd have Foden on the left. And I'd play a sort of pseudo 4-3-3 with probably Declan Rice, Henderson in an, in an 8-6 sort of role and then a Mount or a Grealish in an 8-10 role. Something like that. Sancho and, and Foden flanking. And that gives, for me, that gives the, the experience platform for the young lads to go out there and do something special. Because that's, uh, what, that's what win games in international tournaments. It's those special yeah. moments. And to take pressure off those young players and how they deal with them. You know, if there's a setback in a game or things aren't going right, you've got Jordan Henderson and, you know, Barry Maguire especially, who've been there before. You know, for how many times have Man United been behind in games and come back, I think it was 10 or 11 in, in the end of the season. You need those, but in, in bigger tournaments. So all this media hype we're talking about now, those the kids that are, that are going out, and those are the famous, you can't win anything with kids, but you, you clearly can't. If things start to go wrong for England, how do those young lads deal with it? Because they need those people that you're talking about around saying, listen, fucking let's go again, which is why I think Henderson's there at the minute. Yeah, I think yeah. the interesting one in it, and it's probably a bit of a conversation, but before we do that, uh, Ashley Frith has sent her a £5 super chat. Thank you so much, Ashley. Uh, just wanted to say that Hendo 10 years, first episode was world class. Keep going with the great work. You'll never walk alone. Thank you so much for that, Ashley. Uh, we're going to show you a little bit of uh, the first episode, which is available now. Uh, on the redmentive.com, we'll show that a little bit later on in the show. But get, going back to the England chat, then Sam, who's your front three if you play in a front three? Yeah, so I, I like the four-three-three idea. I, um, just to set it off, though, are, are we going to talk about the midfield, or are you just talk about the front three? No, yeah, whatever you want. I think the the, the midfield tells us why you're doing your front three. Yeah, yeah. So Henderson and Rice all day. I agree with you about the spine. Idiots on Twitter have been arguing with me all week. Benningham needs to be playing. Wonderful talent, but he's a child. You, know, yeah. you need that spine of experience. It's it's like you learn that as you get older as a person. He's probably older than the people arguing with you on Twitter, yeah, to be fair. Pro- probably, yeah. So you've got Rice and Henderson. I would play Mason Mount in the, in the, in the tent because I just feel like he's been so good this season. For and, and I would personally play Grish on the left, Foden on the right and Kane up front. That's my personal one. I just think Foden peaked at the right time, like just before the end of the season, so he's still flying. Grealish is just ridiculous. Oh, what a player he is! I'm such a fan of Jack Grealish, honestly. Really? I don't, I don't get the Grealish hype. I don't, I don't know if I'm just don't watch oh. enough of him. Look at everyone's faces. I kill me in the comments if you want. I just don't get the Grealish hype. Do you know what oh. I mean? Like, I'm he, sorry. The thing is, he, I think he changes the game. Like he, he picks the ball up and he drives and he puts, <sighs> he puts the other team under so much pressure that spaces start opening up around him. But why I think England need him in the side, and I said Mount or Grealish, mm. because whoever can do that 8-10 roll better, why I think Grealish should be in the side is because he wins free kicks. Mm-hmm. And that's how we got to the semi-final of the World Cup last time around, is set pieces and stuff like that. And that's where, like, who's the set piece taker? That's the that's the other thing for yeah, England. Because Noel Prowse probably isn't going to if Trippier plays, yeah. Trippier, he, he does like Trippier. He does like Trippier as well. So if he starts, I think he'll take them. He, he picked Ben White over War Prowse. War Prowse yeah. isn't even going. Oh, he's not even going. That's he's madness. not even going. Yeah. Madness. We haven't got a specialist free kick taker. That's because of Maguire, that though, isn't it? He, he's took Ben White because he's worried about Maguire. So if Maguire's not showing any sign of improvement, he might well say to Maguire, "You're not going to make it." So um, take War Prowse instead. Who's your front three then, Errol? My front three, obviously Kane's just got to be up up top, and he's got to be in there. He's the captain, so that's a no-brainer. Either side of him, I'd probably go Foden on the left, maybe. I don't know if I'd play Sancho. Yeah, yeah, probably, probably Foden on the left, and probably, to be fair... If it was any, it'd probably either be Sancho or Rashford, but I don't think Rashford's been great in terms of form lately, and he's not that good on the right either. I think even most Man U fans will say he's probably better from the left, so it, it's tight. But I don't know if Jaden Sancho would start every single game on that right either, so I, I'd risk it. Do you know what I mean? I'd go in with that. I think that's our strongest one: Foden left, Kane in the middle, and Sancho in terms of obviously that that, that threat. But you just have to see how you get on after a couple of games with them, really. But you've got the options to mix up that for you, yeah. I think. The mad one here is that no one's mentioned Sterling. Sterling, yeah. In it, like, you know... His form's been terrible, though, hasn't it? Well, that's the, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, he probably scored as many goals as Foden this year, though. Yeah. Like, it, it was there or thereabouts. You know, it, it's the... Like Sam said, Foden peaked at the right time and Sterling kind of sort of eased off towards the back end of the season. For me, the reason Sterling doesn't get in there and he changes the game, Sterling, whether he's scoring goals or not, he puts the fear of God into defenders because of his speed. 
he misses too many chances, I think, for international football. Mm. And I know, I think it's massively overhyped how many chances he misses compared to other people. Like we've seen this season, Bobby Firmino, Sadio Mane, they've all missed tons of chances. But I just feel like when you get to an international tournament, you can't miss those chances because you're only going to get one or two a game. And that's the difference for me is that like, you need Kane's got to be in there because he takes those chances all the time, doesn't he? It's the beauty of having a squad, though, isn't it? I think you know we've seen these squads. You're not going to start the same squad every 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 game, and it depends who you're going up against as well. Like I wasn't too sure about having Rice and Henderson, to be honest. Yeah, not something to consider because do you go with two more attacking midfielders and having one one sitting deeper? But I could suppose it's, it's who you play. You know, do, you, do you play that against Croatia? Who's going to dominate the ball and take control of midfield, as you were saying before? Whereas against Scotland, which like you know, without being arrogant, you know, I think you can afford to have, you know, maybe Mount Angrielish, hmm. you know, both both in fur, further forward. So what? Behind, ahead of Hendo? No, you'd have Hendo. Yeah, I've had them ahead of to have Hendo and Mount and fucking someone else. I don't know who's in the fucking midfield. <laughs> I don't know to tell you. But you know, you don't have to have like. But that's the problem. Is that there's not many midfielders. Is there? There's Bellingham. No. There's Mount. There's Henderson. There's Declan Rice. Phillips. It, Phillips, yeah, Calvin Phillips from Leeds. That's about it. And obviously, you could maybe use Foden there if you wanted to. He's done that job in the past before. But that that's the that's the the makeup of the squad's funny. Mm. I think the way Southgate's got it weighted. I mean, the fact that he had four right backs was bananas, quite <laughs> frankly. Um, but it said to me that I think he is considering this sort of three at the back more. Or Trent in midfield at the time when he picked. Maybe, four. yeah. That seems a bit of a mad one because he's never played there either. You know. For, for, for Liverpool anyway uh, that's quite interesting then um, let's let's talk about some Liverpool stuff then now um, but before we do let's actually talk about the Henderson documentary it was mentioned by Ashley Frith before in the Super Chat uh, we've got a little sneak peek for you now um, so we're just going to play that and I'll tell you a little bit afterwards If you're looking for plump lips that last you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers with Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Finally, yes, tomorrow, 12 p.m., YouTube. Uh, set that date in your diary. Uh, make sure you watch it. I mean, I-, I watched it twice yesterday, and I was telling the lads before, I fucking loved it. And I- I've seen a-, 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 a snippet here of an interview and a snippet there, but I kind of wanted to wait for the full effect. You got to watch it yesterday as well. It's, it's fucking amazing. I tell you the thing as well, you're probably the same. I very rarely watch our own content and very look don't like look forward to our own content. I'm saying that because of fucking... Cause Not at all. Because, no, because... I like people. 
<laughs> no, but because 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 you're here and you've seen most of it. Like I've since I edited that for the past fucking six months. Yeah, whatever else, and got actually and buzzing to watch that. So to be able to watch it yesterday, I think think was amazing. Like it's out on the website now, but also the additional things as well, like the Kevin Ball interview. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought Kevin Ball would be an interesting interview, but it will be because I've watched the first episode. And go actually, what else has he got to go and say? And all the other people that are interviewed in it to be able to go and watch their full interviews as well it I, was, fucking box, it, I, I just thought like there's this i'm not going to give any spoilers away but henderson's dad brian is in the show and he's he's not just in the show he's the star of the show like and it's just it was just so heartwarming listening to him talk about his son and it like it, it proper brought like emotions bubbling up and all that type of stuff i can't recommend it enough it really is fantastic if you want the bonus features and stuff and you want episodes two and three you're gonna have to sign up to the website uh that'll be out uh next monday episode two anyway uh, for Club Legends and, and next Wednesday for all the other subscribers to the website and stuff. But I just want to say, like, the exclusive content that we've got dropping around this, there was an 18, 19-minute interview with Jürgen Klopp that we dropped yesterday. Yeah. There's the Kevin Ball interview as well, yep. Bolo's yep. ending interview. And there's just so many people. I mean, Stephen Gerrard. Trent. Trent. Mal Reddy, James Pearce, Jamie Carragher, Kenny Dalgleish. Southgate. I mean, it's just ridiculous, like the amount of people that we've been able to speak to. I'm telling you, right, and I, I don't very often blow like our own horn, but it's the best fan-made media that's ever been made. And, and I genuinely believe that. Like, I, I, I genuinely believe it's a game changer for fan media. And drop the fan media, drop, drop. It's just media. It's just content, and it's absolutely superb. The, the feedback's been fucking amazing Honestly, from like, like the Discord group that we've got with the, with the club legends. Like, the, oh, last night we're like just clamoring for it. Last yesterday, when's it dropping? When's it dropping? And even like this morning, waking up and seeing messages, even on Twitter, people are watching. It, it's going, oh my God, it's fucking amazing. It's, uh, it's fucking worth it. It's it? brilliant, yeah. isn't it? Um, Scott Hawks has just sent a super chat in. Scott, hope you're feeling all right, mate. Mm. Uh, thinking about you last night of course um $25 um it's fucking awesome that's all that needs to be said about that uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about the center backs then uh, obviously not really sat down and spoken to anybody uh, I'll, I'll come to you first on this sam um yeah. around after we've signed canate um how are you feeling after that it's a big move early on in fact before the transfer window even opens yeah, we were talking about it a few weeks ago about if we get top four, if we don't, would it be Kanate, would it be Kabak, would it be both, would it be neither? Um, and obviously we, we did our job eventually and finished there, which was great. And then, yeah, for me, it's a fantastic sign. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to pretend to have seen loads and loads of him. I've seen enough of him to think he's he's a prospect at least. Um, and looking at his stats, I think uh, Red Bull were, oh, no, they're not called Red Bull anymore, are they? Um, Whatever they're called, RB, RBL, they they they, uh, they didn't lose the last twenty eight games that he played in, which is amazing, really, as a stat. He's obviously a solid player. Um, towards the end, he drifted out because he was on the move, um, a bit like Sancho with Dortmund, I think, as well. I just think he's a, it's a crack and sign, and yeah, um, I think it, it adds nicely to what we've got now, uh, moving into next season. Mate, he's six foot four. A fucking unit, isn't it? It's tons he? of fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> old school, mate. Yeah, he's an absolute, absolute unit. It's like same with Sam. Like, I think I think it's just quite nice, isn't it? Because the season ended so well, like Sam said about finishing third and everything else happened. It was it was nice time. And then you, you, your mind immediately switches to transfers. And then we're going to do a bit more on, on the Reds transfers uh, round up this afternoon of going, okay, we've got problems, sort them. It just makes you feel like a lot better about next season already. Of going, okay, there's one problem solved. Let's get let's get moving. And to know, like, they always do this, but to know the club are doing stuff behind the scenes. I think Sam said there was loads of question marks for the, you know, do we keep Kabak? Is Phillips going to stay? What happens with Williams? The, you know, there's rumours all, you know, mouthpieces going out that we're content with them. It just it just makes you feel better, I think, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, yeah. mate. Errol, Ross just mentions it there. Like, what are you doing with the centre-hours? Because we've probably got too many, or have we? Um, in terms of, like, the, before the end of the transfer window or going into next season? Going because into next season? Going into next season. I, I think the, the new lad, he's there to kind of get better. And I think he's going to get through in the deep end. I think he's going to be the lad that's going to be the linchpin next to Van Dyke when Van Dyke's fit. Um, it depends who kind of comes back fit and firing in terms of the injured trio, Matip, Gomez and Van Dyke, who really gets the start. But I wouldn't be surprised if 
I don't think, you know, no disrespect to him. I, I love Nat Phillips. I think, he, you know, what he's done for us over the last couple of weeks has been immense in terms of how we finished the season for us. But in terms of that value in his stock, it's probably never going to be higher. And in terms of that pecking order of where he fits in the squad, last year he finished as a starter for a reason. Next season, he's probably going to go in at night number four or five. I don't think he wants to stick around for that. And I don't blame the lad. I think he's proved, you know, he could be a premiership player in that respect. So if we were to sell anyone, I think it's going to be him. I think Klopp's already kind of hinted that Matip's still in his plans for whatever reason. Um, I, I would have personally went the other way. I'd have let Matip go and I'd have kept Phillips just because I think we... Sometimes, you know, we always talk about strikers and needing that plan B striker. I think sometimes defensively having that plan B defender that can just do the defending good stuff and he's always reliable. I think we found that in Phillips this season. Um, but I think it's going to be probably Van Dijk and Canate starting for us next season with, with a bit of luck, but, you know, hopefully if they come back fit. What, this, what, what do you make of that, Sam? Go on. Yeah, I, 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 th- I think... I agree with Errol, all things being equal, 100%. I personally wouldn't sell him anyway because I think we need to be selfish now and go into next season in five. We just have to after what's happened this season. You've got to almost double back up in case. But I think there's a bit more complex than that because Phillips himself might be looking at this now in the same way you are. But the reality of it is, is three of our centre-halves going into next season are coming off season-ending injuries. So we might start the season with Kanate next to Phillips and ease the other guys back in. Van Dijk might play one week and miss a midweek because he can't play two games in a week. Gomez might or might not be ready. Matip is definitely not going to play two games a week anyway. So actually, Nat Phillips may get his chance still and probably will get his chance still to make his mark alongside one of those players early on in the season. And if he does really well again, then he pushes himself towards the front of the queue. You know, one thing we might use is Gomez as more of a right-back to ease him back into fitness. There's loads of different dynamics here we might use. And I think Phillips is... Still going to get his chance next season. It also depends on what on what Phillips wants because that's that's all well and good. But if he goes, yeah. well, I've just played, you know, what 15, 20 games have been decent. People are after me. I can get first team football somewhere, probably in a, in a Premier League team. Mm-hmm. Like I'm off because he might he might see Matic coming back out of the treatment room and Van Dyke coming back and Gomez. And I agree, you know, they might they might not might not play lots, but get happy through the season and then suddenly he's what fourth fifth choice. Is that, is that good enough for him? And fair play to him if, if he wants to go and do that. I'd be selfish, like Sam says. If anything that last season's taught us, it's fucking keep bodies, which you know is a financial strain on having five centre-backs. But I don't want to go through that season again. Yeah. It's not that much of a financial strain to keep um, Nat Phillips. Nat Phillips, Nat Phillips. Know, no. that's, that, that's the big thing. And, and you know, Reese Williams, it's probably, Lone. I'd hazard a guess, Lone Lone. Yeah, 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 I think yeah. you're right there. I think that it's now the time for him to go and, and make sure that he develops as a player somewhere else physically. Um, ben and Davies. tactically play, play somewhere else. Ben Davies, I, I mean, Celtic, probably. Yeah. I, mean, I can't imagine that he's going to stay around. Um, Celtic wanted him last time. The rumours are that he might come back in for him. We may even get our money for him, which would be insane. But he's a well-rested player. I know that much for sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think I, I fancy that it's going to end up being same as Errol, to be honest. I think it's going to be Van Dijk and Canate starting the season. I, I've got a feeling that Joe Gomez isn't going to come back at the very start of the season. It's going to be a little while with him. Um and then, November, yeah, Phillips, November, November, November. Yeah, I reckon wow. it'll probably be around wow. November terms. Just be, in terms of he might be physically fit, uh, but I don't think he'll be match fit and match ready until around November. That's just if me. You put yourself in a position where you're not you're not rushing him because you fucking yeah. need him, which I think is why you say keep five. Well, Joe Gomez isn't quite ready. It's better than going. Well, we sold Matt Phillips, so you're going to have to play this week, which might yeah. hinder your, your injury a bit more. Be safe, Matip. I'm keeping round though. I am keeping Matty Brown because he's too good when he's on the field. Yeah. Like I know he's only going to play twenty games a season. I may be peace with that. Half of that, I think he played about nine last, nine or twelve last season. Only yeah. played last yeah. season. Yeah. Fucking good. I'm nine season, games I'm though, season, aren't it? To be fair, like, yeah. fucking good. That's the problem. I think he's our best. I think he's our, our second best centre half when he's fit. It's just yeah. that he's not fit long enough, is he? That's the that's the main issue with him. Everyone knows that. I liked I liked what um, Sam was saying there about easing Joe Gomez back in at right back because we've forgotten that that was a thing and it's like Nico Williams could go and have a great Euros and he could come back a better player than he left like there's an option there but we, you almost forget that Gomez was easing in and out with Sam for 
the best part of two seasons, really, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's funny. I had it on the agenda this afternoon. The right back position where Liverpool kind of need to improve in another position because everyone's talking about forwards and wingers and stuff. And it's like, I'm not sure. I think we need a bit of right back, especially now Trent's injured. And again, you know, I'm supposed he's supposed to be all right for pre season start the season, but it makes me worry. You know, centre back sorted. Let us go. My natural reaction is to go. What about this position? What about that? What if Trent does get injured for a long period? Is Nico ready? You know, you're going to throw him in a deep end, whereas you can have you can have options in Klopp likes versatile team players. So have that. Do you think we're asking in, too in much of Gomez though? Do you think we're asking too much of Gomez to come back and, and and do that right back job as well? And when he's probably thinking about just getting back on the pitch and trying to be a centre back where his head's been at for the last twelve to eighteen months, and then all of a sudden you're reintroducing him to a position he's kind of long forgot. I don't know. Yeah, is it a well, gamble? It's it's a meritocracy, bad. isn't it? It's I mean, if Karate comes in and starts well and he's fit alongside a Virgil Van Dijk or something. You get in the side, however you get in the side. He's been used to that competition for places because he's had it with Matip for the best part of two years. He knows if he gets in there, he's going to take his opportunity. So. And if you're Jürgen Klopp and Pet Linders, you're listening, mate. Jordan Ensign, Fabinho just played fucking centre-half. And from what Klopp said in that, you know, bad news <laughs> too, they, they hate it. Mm. But they have to do it because he's doing it for the team. James Milner comes in, he thinks he's getting a game, plays a few in midfield, and then the next minute he's playing left-back for 20 minutes. Thinking, you must thinking, fucking hell, just put all these players, like I, I should be saying, just bought a left-back, back up left-back. And he still plays there because you're there for the team. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, let's let's move it on then. Let's talk about the midfield a little bit, lads. Um, yeah, I'll start with you, Ross. Mm. I mean, obviously, Gini Wijnaldum goes to PSG. That was a bit of a bit of a mad one, wasn't it? Like everyone yeah. just thought he was going to Barcelona. Yeah, um, happy for him. Yeah, quite, yeah, I am. I'm a, I'm, I was actually sad for him because we still don't know what, what happened, but by all intents and purposes, he wanted to stay. Jürgen Klopp wanted him to stay. Uh, and he was quite sad that he's gone. And then there was the bit where he, he played Robbo. Did you see that in the, um, the Netherlands game? The friend, I like, want to hug you. Go exchange fucking flags. He went, I just want to hug you. I was like, oh, mate, I but I can't. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm so sad for you. Um, fair play to him. Like, what he fucking does with his career now is his fucking business. So I've seen those people like slating him for like, he was just after money and all that, but... Someone throws two hundred grand at you in a week, and I'm not saying no. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm taking that. So um, I think there's a bit of competition in that midfield for him to play. But if he's the, he's happy and his family's happy, then then fair fucks to him. Go and do what you want. Yeah, I mean it's his last big payday, isn't it? He's got, he's got his family and and their futures to think about. And to be quite honest with you, he's probably been underpaid for the last four or five years. But he's had his fair share of trophies and win bonuses. I'm damn sure of that. Like, but. Why wouldn't you? You know, I think he's to be fair to him. People can say, "Oh, it's for the money and all that." PSG a better side now than Barcelona, yeah. and they've got a better chance of winning trophies. So, is it just the money, or is he actually looked at it and gone, "I've got a better chance of winning trophies here"? I reckon it was Ron the Red put him off. Ron the Red, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I mean he's still got Pochettino there. It's a system that. Wine Aldum knows will suit him. I'd guess Pochettino's going to stay around, but I think he'll thrive in that midfield, to be honest with you. At all. I, no, I agree with you, mate. And he, to be fair, I've seen the pictures of him in that uh, PSG kit yesterday. He looks fantastic. He looks like he, he, he's, he does. He looks sick. Like, I didn't think he'd look. Yeah, I didn't think he'd look great in blue, but he absolutely looks sick in that kit, man. I swear. He looked like a little model, but bless him. I think he deserves it at the end of the day. Do you know what I mean? He's been a great servant to us. I think in terms of the club where his loyalties will always lie, I think he's always going to have that special pace in his heart for Liverpool. But in terms of that, that big last big contract, Contract, you can't knock him for wanting that money. And as you said there, Chris, I think that was a great point. The fact that he probably has been underpaid to an extent. And I think that was because of his journey to Liverpool. I think with Newcastle going down and being relegated and where yeah. we was at when we, we got him, it was never really, he was never really a marquee player. Whereas if you wanted to go out of your way and buy a Genie Wijnaldum now with you know all of his accolades and what he's done, you would be paying a big signing fee for him as well as paying the big wage packet. So I think he fully deserves it. You know, I'm gutted that he's not going to be in our midfield next season, but that's an opportunity for Liverpool now, I think. And I think that's what is the exciting prospect for us. It leaves us with a big opportunity because we've got a, we know all of the attributes that he had and all the boxes that he ticked. Where else in world football now can we go and get a player similar to kind of resemble that level of performance and dynamic I think that leaves us I think it leaves Klopp with a problem to solve but in the past he solved problems like that before and he's come out top trump so I think it's exciting for us but I think it's an exciting chapter for him as well he gets to play with Neymar and Mbappe do you know what I mean and if he gets to play that little bit more of a Holland role I think he could thrive in that midfield 
and obviously he gets to maybe talk to Mbappe about how good Liverpool is, Sammy. Yeah. Does mate, he does. And and you know, he needs to get to work while this summer's on because you know, he, he's he's being held prisoner free Mbappe twenty one people. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, like one one thing Liverpool one thing Liverpool have done for too long, right? Is pay and, and some of the lads are saying this like our friends and even in our groups when we're talking about wages and that is Liverpool Football Club paid players now for what they've done before. And Genie's agent should have renegotiated the contract in 2019, by the way. 100%. He should have been linking them to every club under the sun because he's on 75 grand a week. And he should have got him a new contract when he was 28, 29 after the 2009 season, 19 season. Not now or a year ago when we knew where he was with his stats. He should have done it then. So that kind of, in my opinion, the full kind of lies there. Because I think as a football club, we've got to be looking forward. And I love Genie's absolute Liverpool legend for what he's done. But I think that personally, I think it's the right time for him to further his career elsewhere in the Premier League and Liverpool to find a different solution. But I've got a completely different take on this to everyone else, right? Okay, let me ask you this question to Chris and to Ross and to Edel. One, one answer, yes or no each. Did Liverpool need a new centre midfielder last summer? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. See, I don't, I don't think we did, personally. Jones replaced Lallana's... Um, Minutes and we had loads of midfielders. We I don't think we needed a new midfielder last summer, right? But we signed Thiago, and I think a lot of people were saying, "Oh, do we have Genie or do we have Thiago?" And it was like, well, "Why don't we get Thiago and let Genie run his contract down?" That was the narrative last season. Keep him for that extra year. In my opinion, if we had signed Canate last summer, because we needed a defender, and we this, we or who was someone else or Ben White as we've been to, and this summer we signed Thiago Alcantara to replace Genie Wijnaldum. Did that fans of Mickey Edwards? Shout and build them a statue again. So the the way the club have done things is maybe the wrong way round the way it's worked out. But we signed. That's after he, the injuries, though, isn't it, Sam? It is. But you know we can't. Predict, that's everybody just assuming Cater and uh, and Ox are, 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 are going to be injured next season. Like if they if they're one player between them, I don't think we need another midfielder. But if we sell can one I, of them, can I rephrase your question, Sam? Yeah. Did Liverpool need a, a midfielder last year more than they needed a centre-half? And my answer would be they did not need a midfielder more than they needed a centre-half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think okay. I get where you're going, because I think we did need a centre-half last year much more than we needed an extra midfielder. I do think, you, I think you're onto something there, because I've always thought that signing Thiago was opportunistic mm-hmm. and probably not in the plan. Like It was like, what, you're kidding me? Just that much money for him? Okay, that moves us yeah. on. We'll take a risk and not sign the centre half. Now that risk didn't pay off. Yeah. I think if you, if you go back and I think this backs your point up as well, Sam. If you go back to the, when we won the league, Cater that last sort of spell was probably our best midfielder, mm-hmm. and you're probably thinking heading into the season if he can keep that up, we probably definitely don't need a midfielder. It's just whether I had I had concerns over his injuries and Ox, which is probably why I answered Ox, the question yeah, slightly yeah. differently. Yeah. So, so moving desperation from midfielder might go up as well, though. If people know, yeah. like Genie's gone, whatever. Like you're saying, Thiago's reactionary, and I, I get that reacting to the market. Sorry, but then if you go, well, actually, we got a centre backs hard enough to buy. The premium might have been up. We can never foresee getting three, you know, your top three centre backs getting injured for that long. Yeah, but you it, can it, foresee it, two of them because they're always injured, getting injured. Yeah. Can't you? Yeah, like, yeah, Gomez yeah, yeah, and the yeah. Matip thing, yeah. you, you absolutely can. I think that's the yeah, problem. Yeah. No one foresaw Van Dijk. No. But okay, yeah. well, when Gomez and Matip are gone and there's no Lovren, it was always yeah, going to be Reese Williams or Nat Phillips playing footy this year. It would have been Fabinho next to him. It would have just been Fab next to Van Dijk. And I don't think, I don't think we would have fell away the way we did in the new year if that would have been the combination. I think Fabinho would have been a capable centre-half with Van Dijk next to him. Van Dijk could have Bobby Firmino next to him and we'd win five games out of five, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he, he just brings that level to other players. And I think Klopp would have had that as his contingency plan because of the midfield numbers in terms of we can still play Henderson in the six, we can still play Genie next to him and we can actually get uh, Thiago in there as well. That midfield will still have the intensity, it'll have the composure on the ball and it'll have the eye for the pass that we need moving us further up the pitch. And I don't think that would have been that much of a concern. I think the concern came when they started dropping like fucking flies and the next minute we turn around and we look at the, you know, we look at the medical bench and they're all on it and you've got kids coming out of the academy being like, go on, pack, throws a shirt, I'll jump on for 90. And that was the situation we was left in. And I think in terms of the midfield, you've got to look at, unfortunately, 
I don't think Ox has ever been the same after that injury after Roma. And again, that's my only concern with some of our centre-backs now. Those big injuries that they've had. I love the level that Ox was performing at before then, but he's never been able to reach those heights again. Is Joe Gomez the next person that could fall short of our expectations? Will Virgil van Dijk come back and be the man-mountain that he was before his injury? These are big question marks over these players now. Midfield-wise, we can't have these these gambles anymore. We need dead certs. So for me, Naby Keita's injury record is his track record. That's what he's proven to Liverpool fans mm. since he's been here. He's proven his quality on his day and he has the ability... But in terms of dependability and when we need him for consistency, he isn't readily available for us. Oxlade-Chamberlain, great on his day. He has ability. He can actually shoot from outside the box and he's got a great shot on him. But will he get five to ten games in this in this current squad? Probably not because his performances aren't going to be off that level. What do we do with those players? That's where my mind's at now because it's it's stick or twist time for us. And it's either we're going to die in the bed that we've made with these players and have that loyalty to them, or we get ruthless and say, do you know what? There's a huge pursuer over the road there. We can get him from Brighton underneath Arsenal's nose. And there's a, a there's a Tilly Gillimans. Sorry, Tillman, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Tillemans down the road. You made some of the best points I'd ever heard on this show, on this channel, and then say Tilly Gillimans straight up there, and it's all for nothing. We've we've forgotten everything. I was so engrossed in this fucking little spiel. Then he's too expensive. Him, no well, he's an eighty million. Yeah, he's gone for Yori Tillemans' younger brother there. I think. It's cousin, it's cousin yeah. like George Weir's cousin who signed for South Africa. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Free Tilly Gillimans. Free Tilly Gillimans. <laughs> Get a rumour going. Get a rumour going. Mate, there was some. Genuinely, there was some fucking brilliant points there, wasn't there, Sam? I think, yeah. you know, the Ox and the Caters stuff and, and everything around that, that's the big question mark for this yeah. squad, isn't it? Whether you can afford to buy Tilly Gillimans or not. <laughs> I mean, the Ox and Cater question needs answered. I, personally, I tell you what, you go first. What what, what would you do with them two? I, I, I like Ox. Tilly fucking Gillimans. Gillimans. <laughs> I like it. I like I like Olex Axley Chamberlain. <laughs> 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 now I like Ox because I think yeah he was unlucky last just some summer getting that that random injury where he was out for like three months and he's talking about but his goal against Burnley is exactly what he's about. He can come on and just bang one and as I, like I think what you've got to look at with Kate and Oxley Chamberlain is if if they're gonna if, if Kate is gonna play the Matic role if we can't sell him because no one's gonna buy him which is could be the case. If he's going to play the Matic role, which is we know we're never going to get 15, 20 games out here, but as six slash seven strength midfielder, you're good enough to come in in the cup games and you're good enough for us to just keep you on your own little training scheme to play every now and then and just maintain levels. I'm fine with that. I think what everybody looks at with Liverpool is the Man City model, where there's every single person in the squad is just as important as each other. We don't play that way. We have a core 14, 15 players and other players who hopefully can just maintain the level when they come in. And in midfield, we've got Henderson, Thiago and Fabinho. I think at the moment, we all agree, undisputed starting players. Yeah. Jones, Jones is getting better and better every season. And then you've got Jimmy Milner, who's just Mr. Reliable. So can you fill the other space with Ox and Keita and just say, you know what, boys, you play your position. It's an interesting one. I, I, I don't. I think you'd have to get rid of one of them personally. I don't think we can have two players, Ross, that that you can't rely on. Now, who who that is? I think Kate is brilliant on his day, but his day's not often enough. Yeah. Oxley Chamberlain's been around the squad for the back end of the last season, and he didn't really get many many minutes, which is a little bit of a concern. But we were also we knew we couldn't afford to slip up in any way, shape, or form. So trying to play someone into fitness when you're in that win, 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 win mode, that's really difficult. You're not going to get 50 million for Naby Keita, but you might get 30. So I, I'd personally maybe get rid of Naby Keita at this I point. I think 30 million might be a push as well. Maybe. But his record is it's, 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 it's a hard sell, isn't it? Do you want, do you want this fella? Yeah, he's hardly played for three years. Sound? Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's buy him. Um, 
All right. He's going to go off to yeah. the AFCON in January as well anyway. That's a guarantee. Yeah. So you know I, I, he's going I to lose nice, for nice the nice he's, he's, he's tempted to, to keep both of them. But it depends what you can afford to do. Like you know, they, they said, there's going to be some player sales like Origi, Wilson, Gruwich, some some others that you know that are going to go out. But I think you need another position again. Bringing it back to the centre half last season, I don't want to be in the same position of going. Nat Phillips, can you play midfield this season, this this week? Because Ox and Cater are injured. Fabinho needs a rest, and Henderson's injured again. You know, you, you're short on numbers in there. You can't rely. On, we shouldn't have to run a 36 year old James Milner to play games for us. Mm. Curtis Jones, I think, will play a more integral role this season, but I don't think he's the answer because I think he's, what, like, just turned 20. Again, it shouldn't be on him to do that. I think he's a great player. But again, we're in the Premier League. Mm. I don't want to get into a position where we're playing these people. I think we'll have depth. Have a look towards your bench. How many times look at the bench last season and go, well, actually, there's one, two, three, four options there. We can do different stuff. There's what... You have one or two players and go, well, Shakiri might go on this game or whatever else. We're playing in Champions League football. We're playing in, in those cup games. Get depth behind the squad and say, listen... You know, one person's injured. It's, it's you know, it's wipe the blood off your nose. We're we're going again. Not like you're missing six fucking limbs. Yeah. No. An, an interesting question for me, and I agree with everything you said there, Ross. But I'm going to throw this back over to 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 Errol now. Like at some point, you'd have to move the midfield on, and I think you know Fabinho's a mainstay for the next six seven years probably if he can continue at the level that he's played at. Henderson's 31 years old. Now, I know he's the captain of this football club, but let's not let's not gloss over the fact that his injury record, he misses games as well. Yeah. Like, he's not going to start every game next season. He's just, no. he, it's just, he, he hasn't done that for us. So don't, I don't think he's going to start at age 31. Kurt Jones, I think, probably got more minutes than he should have done last season. But I think I expect him to get the same minutes this season as he got last season. Yeah, he set the bar now. continue that a little bit. When you think about Yuri Tillemans, 24 years old, performing in, uh, at Leicester this season, there's a player that, <laughs> I said it right as well, and you were just laughing because you said it wrong ages ago. Someone's just changed the name in the YouTube comments to Tilly Gilliman's. Amazing. <laughs> But this is the thing, like, you've got to start planning for the future at some point. Now, I think yeah. Kate Jones is going to be in that future, I really do. But, like, Thiago and Hendo, they're going to be there next season. They're probably going to be there the season after. But you need to get the next lad in, I think, mm. and you need to sort of force them a little bit. Would you actually buy Tielemans and do you think Liverpool will? Uh, I... I would. It's, it's either Basuma or Tillemans, do you know what I mean? It's one or the other. And I think... I think money-wise, I think we can get Basuma for a lot cheaper, and I think he does more of what Genie does. I think the other lad from Leicester, I think he has the potential to be a completely different element the lad to from our Leicester. squad. <laughs> <laughs> it, mate. <laughs> no, but he has the potential to be something that we haven't got in that midfield, and that could be part of the next the next reiteration of this current midfield engine room for us. Do you know what I mean? I think. We, we've had that high-intensity press-to-death kind of style. We've got that kind of win loads of possession and kind of tick the ball over. We kind of got that now with Thiago and Fabinho in that midfield. So I think that next stage is having someone. I think the ideal for me is probably having the Naby and the Ox attributes merged into one player minus the injuries. If we can find that guy who's got that composure on the ball, can drop a shoulder and can drive with the ball and have a shot on them, you probably are looking at Tillemans. That probably is your guy. The, pro- yeah, the, problem, yeah. the problem you've got there with that is if you combine the two of them together, they'd never be fit. That's <laughs> the issue, isn't it? Because they're both out for yeah. half a season, guaranteed each. Yeah. That's a good point. Like, it's all right talking about the, the ability of these players and you know and what they can produce. But like, I know those people have an issue with this. It's availability is the big one. I was looking now. Jim and Alden played 51 games last season. Are you getting 51 games out of Oxlade Chamberlain, Navi Keita? No. You're not? No, nope. you know you need someone who's going to be there week in week out, and I know I know I don't think his form was great for the past month, two months of the season in, in Genie, and I think a lot of people had an issue with that. Maybe his, his mind was somewhere else, or I think he was just knackered. To be fair, after playing three thousand nine hundred and twenty-two minutes, but that's that's where I want. I'm going to be able to look to someone and someone be there, be like a mainstay in that midfield. And you know, when Jordan, you're right, Jordan Henson does get injured. Well, you get in the same situation of is Ox fit this week? Probably not. Is Kater fit? Well, okay, we're going to play Curtis Jones. Or James Milner. I don't think that's enough to push for for trophies. No, and, and certainly the league's where we're at, isn't it? So, um, Sam, what would you do? W- would you keep both Ox and Cage, or is that what you're sticking with? 
No, I, I think Liverpool might do that just because I just I'm, I try and not to get caught up in the, the world of oh if and you know, even though I'm all on board the Mbappe train by the way. But apart from that, I'm usually quite sensible with transfers. Um, so I think Liverpool may well unless someone comes in because things change like he did for us with Thiago. But it, I, I think there's a couple of other players there that Liverpool might be looking looking to moving forward. Jude Bellingham, you know, if we're going to buy someone, go and buy an 18-year-old next season for, you know, your 60, 70 million quid who's going to be an absolute gem. You know, talk about Tielemans now. He might get sold for 90 million this summer to United or someone because that's the kind of deal that'll do. Um, I, 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 I like Basuma. If I could, if we could sell Cater for 20 million, I'd buy Basuma. Yeah, I must admit, I like Basuma as, as well. Like, I think Tielemans a better player. Um, but the cost, the cost is going to be much higher, isn't it? Obviously, we've been linked with um, <laughs> Roberto Gagliardini from Inter Milan as well. In fact, we've been linked with quite a few Inter Milan players. I think there's about three, isn't there? But there's, we're not going to. They've got a fire anyway. sale on at the minute, though, haven't they? Well, that's it. They need the money, don't they? Which is yeah. You, you take so long to get back up to the top of the tree, as it were, in Serie A, and then you're having a mad fire sale. It's it, that that league's just. It's really, really tough for them and stuff at the moment, isn't it? But I, I, I don't think that the midfield talker will stop until Liverpool either do or don't buy somebody this summer because I think that we probably do need a body in there. And, you know, I know James Pearce sort of said, like, you know, it might depend on what can come in and what can come out. Don't quote me on that one, like... Um, but but I feel so. I feel sorry for those journalists because, like, how many times have they been briefed or something? Like, they get fed news from Liverpool, and like, I think his words were, you know, looking Curtis Jones might be ready to kind of step up, but everyone lost their fucking heads. What the club saying, what the club do are two completely different yeah, things. Absolutely. We've had yeah. what was it? Uh, Danny Ward is going to be Liverpool's new number one. Yeah, great. Um, I'm, I think most of us bought into that at the time as well. Actually, well, they're, just, they're playing the game. So what James Pearce says, just wait to see what happens. The window's not even open yet as well. Yeah, no, it's only a few days. But first, before that, we've got the Euros. Of course, we do, um, as mentioned, have uh, the Hendo 10 Years a Red documentary series going out over the next few weeks on the RedmenTV.com. We showed you before um, a, a highlight from that. It is absolutely superb. So if you want to see it today, you need to sign up to the RedmenTV.com Club Legends here, uh, get involved, or you can wait till tomorrow to see it on YouTube. Uh, but we also, for Club Legends, are running a competition for some signed medals. Um, so you've obviously got the Super Cup, the Premier League, the World Club Cup and the Champions League medal there. Uh, it's a signed frame box of medals. Um, so yeah, have a little look at this before we go. ...is running now over on the website for our Club Legends subscribers. There's also a Discord group, uh, free merchandise, discounts off merchandise and all kinds if you do join up um, on our Liverpool Football Club streaming service. I think Netflix for Liverpool fans. Documentary series, as I mentioned, is already out. Thank you to Sam, thank you to Errol and thank you to Ross for this one. We'll see you all next time. Ta-ra.